whatever device you use for the word of the Lord and turn with me to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 and also 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. Anybody know God just is all knowing? He's all knowing. When, when God woke me up one morning and told me to come to this fire station and ask the chief for us to start Bible study and transition into a church, that was kind of scary there. Like, that doesn't make a whole lot of comfortable feeling there. But I did it anyhow. And here we are, almost three years. But I'm smiling because on days like this, I say, God, you are just so slick. I, I talked to him like, I said, God, you something else. You slick. Because he put us in a fire station where it's an emergency facility. It doesn't matter what's going on outside. This place got to be ready no matter what. So the lot got to be plowed. The sidewalks got to be cleared. <laughs> I said, man, God, you something else. And this place will always be open no matter what kind of emergency going on. Because they are the emergency unit. So when anything is going on, this place has to be open and ready to go. I said, all right, Jesus, you knew what you were doing from back in the day. You knew that if we can get out of the street, out our side street, that this will be open. I said, all right, Jesus, I got you. But, you know, when God tells us things, we don't really know the big ramifications. We just, eh, we put it in our own little way of looking at things. And then we realize later, oh, got it, Jesus, got it. So I'm saying that this morning. Oh, got it, Jesus, got it. You know? Yes. Genesis chapter 2. Let's see what the Lord is going to say to us today. Genesis chapter 2. Again, welcome every one of you, all of my brothers and sisters whom I love dearly. Those of you that are members of Christ Centered Church and those of you that are in other ministries and doing great things for the Lord, thank you for being with us to worship with us this morning. I believe this is what the kingdom of God is all about. I believe that it's time for us to get together and fellowship at times and other times we do our thing wherever God put us to do them. And so I am just appreciative. I love each and every one of you and we will continue to be kingdom minded. Focus on the kingdom where we're going to do what we're going to do for God's kingdom. It's not about um, individuality. It's about the kingdom of God. And if we're doing the work of the kingdom, it's all that matters. It's all that matters. So I appreciate you all being here. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. I try my best to seek God for what really matters and not the things that are on the fringes. I want the real deal. I, I, I just want the real deal. God, give me the real stuff. I'm not, I don't want to pretend. I don't want to play around. Just give me the real deal and just let me deal from the real deal standpoint. And we're in a new year. We're here today. We've heard many sermons preached about New year, new beginnings, we know about resolutions and all these different things that is, is, is important and we should uh, do our very best to make every year better than the previous one. But I wanted to know, how can we make this year better, God? Instead of just going to preach a good message and say, oh, beginning of new things, beginning of great things, what? needs to be done or how will this work 
to make sure this year is going to be greater than 2016. That's what I wanted to know. Not 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 just the the the, the let me just pick a scripture and you know kind of go from there. And so I believe that this word today is what God has given us. He has given us what we need to make our year great. He's going to give us today what we need to make this year more profitable, more edifying, more complete, more balanced than the previous year. I like to know how. Just don't tell me. I said one of the things that I like about how God has helped me as a Christian and then as a preacher is I need to know the hows and the whys. And it's quite, it's amazing how God helped me with that because here's what's happening. We transitioned from a generation of, just tell me what I need to do. And they were just obedient. And they did what you told them to do. And so what happened is we started transitioning out of that generation that says, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Even the people that was in that generation that was like that, now we are clearly in a time where, well, hold on. Why are we doing this anyway? Well, hold on. Does that make sense? Well, hold on. And so now we're living in a time where we are questioning, well, I need to know how that worked before I do that. Long time ago, we didn't need to know how it worked. Just tell me and I'll do it. So we're in a pivotal, important time of, of, of man being on this earth because there's a transitioning that's happening. And if we don't understand the transition, then we're going to be caught in the transition. So I don't need to just do whatever I feel and I don't need to just do whatever I'm told. I need to know how and why. That's, that's what I want to know. How and why. Once I got those things, nobody can move me. Doesn't matter what anybody says. Doesn't matter what anybody talk about. If I know the how and the why in the word of God, then you can say whatever you want, do whatever you want. I'm going to say, I hear you. This is what the word says. Father, we love you. We praise your holy name. Your presence is evident in this place and we just want you to do whatsoever you please. God, don't let any one of us that will hear this preaching today walk out without change, without God, something different in our soul, in our spirit. God, I pray that you will move upon us. Bless us today, Lord God. And I pray that there will be new beginnings that will be great for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I've entitled this message today, Heavenly Treasure in Earthen Vessels. Heavenly Treasure in earthen vessel. That's what the scripture said in 2 Corinthians. It says in verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessel. And so let's talk about that a little bit today. I think I'm going to reason with you today more than I'm going to preach to you. I'm going to reason with you today. And so... Here is how that text was written. By the way, I shouldn't be telling you this secret, but I'll tell you anyway. There's a book out there by a guy named Jonathan Kahn. And the book he wrote is called The Book of Mysteries. It's a good book to get. It's up to you. I like to encourage you and and, and equip you. Book of Mysteries. But what the book of mysteries does more than anything else, it taught us or it's teaching me because I'm reading it right now. It's teaching me and it will teach us the traditional teachings or the traditional lifestyle of the Middle East and how the scripture is compared to those traditional way of how things were in the Middle East. And so this heavenly treasure in earth and vessel, 
We read it in 2 Corinthians, but it was only written that way for you to understand it because it was really a true saying way back in the day. So way back in the day, in the Middle East, the Eastern kings that were wealthy, of course, if they're kings, they're wealthy, that were wealthy, they possessed gold coins, silver coins, jewels, very expensive jewels. And that was their riches. I don't know if you remember when Jacob sent his sons to Egypt to buy things, coin he gave them. Because when you have money, that's how your, your, your money was. It was coins or jewels. And so back in the day, those kings, wealthy kings, with all their coins and their jewels, they put them in clay pots to hide them. <laughs> the clay pot obviously is made out of dirt. And so their treasure of coin, gold and silver and jewels, in order for them to preserve it and keep it and put it out of the sight of any just ordinary people, they got their, their, their treasure, their, 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 their valuables and put it in the clay pot and put the top on it and put it to the side. So they were storing their treasures and riches in earthen vessels. That's interesting, isn't it? Then, as we move a little bit more in time, you go in the book of Matthew, you read the story about the treasure that's in the earth. So they move from the clay pots, because maybe they just got so rich they couldn't stay in the clay pots anymore, to now digging holes like they're burying something, digging and now they put their valuables, their treasures in the earth. So now they, they went from the clay pot to now digging and putting their treasure in the earth. So it's a common practice to put your treasure in the earth. Whether it be the clay pots or actually dirt digging it up. As a matter of fact, there's a story in Matthew that talked about that there was a treasure in the earth, valuable riches. And that treasure, someone found out about it. And the person that found out about the treasure, you know what they did? They went and sold everything they owned. Everything they owned to buy the land. They knew the treasure that was in that land was far more valuable than everything they owned. And so they went and says, I want to cash in my chips. It doesn't matter what I own. I'm selling it all because I want to buy that land. He didn't say I want to buy the treasure. He didn't say I want to buy the treasure. He said I want to buy the land. They said, oh, really? Okay. And they sold him the land. And he went and got the treasure. My goodness, the riches that he had come into. But it wasn't about the treasure when he presented his case. It was, I need to buy the land. The land was what held. The land was where the treasure was. So it was always the teaching that the treasure was in a vessel. And I'm telling you today, the treasure can be in the vessel. That's what God has been all about from the very beginning, is to have the treasure in a... If we're going to make this new year good, the treasure will have to be... Hmm. The Bible says... In the end, in here, in the text, it says, we have, it says, God manifests. God manifests. When we go down a little bit, talks about the, um, the, 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 the glory. But hold on for a second there. Verse 6. 
is where it says it in 2 Corinthians. For God, verse 6 in 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, had shine in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Let me point something out to you about the glory of God. For years, we wonder what the glory of God is. And we even have said, oh, glory, glory of God. And we never stop to really dig into that. Remember I told you sometimes we just start doing things or start saying things. And we never got the scripture to back it up. Well, let me give you a scriptural meaning of the glory of God. Trust me, it's still part of the message here. Here's the scriptural meaning of the glory of God. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. It says in John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Check this out. In Him was life. In God was life. And the life was the light of men. Man, if you all know how much stuff is going on in those verses, oh my goodness. Verse 5 says, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Second Corinthians 4 and 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness and had shine in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. So let me go back. I'm just trying to show you how they balance. And so, verse 5 in John chapter 1, and the light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 14. And the word was made flesh. Remember, verse 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So, are we agreeing with the scripture that the word is God? Okay. And verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh. So, what is it saying? Can somebody tell me what that means to them? The word. Whose word? Okay. God is the word. Then it says, so I guess it means, and God was made what? The Bible says God is the spirit, right? So all while the beginning was going on, he was a spirit and word. But then he says, I need to reveal myself. He says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Here is the definition for glory. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When the scripture says the glory, it's talking about God's word manifest. God was the word in the beginning, but there was no glory. And then when he became man, manifest himself, meaning that word became living and tangible. That word became active. That's when the Bible says the glory came in. And so I'm here to tell you today, the glory of God is God's word manifest. When we manifest God's word, that is the glory. So when the Bible says, thou shalt not and we don't, we manifest God's word. 
Oh my goodness. When the Bible says uh, lift me up, if I be lifted up, then I will draw man. When the Bible says we must worship him in spirit and in truth, and when we worship him, it means the glory is in the house because the word of God is being manifested. So now, I shouldn't have to force you to praise God. Because what you're doing when you praise Him is you're manifest. I shouldn't have to force you uh, to clap your hands and praise Him. uh, Because when you do that, uh, you're manifesting God's glory. Oh God, whatsoever we do according to God's word, when we live in obedience to God's word, we're manifesting the glory of God. If we want to see the presence of God, all we got to do is obey the word of God and we will experience the glory. Man should pray always, lifting up holy hands, without wrath or doubt. When I'm in my house, when I'm in my car, when I'm in church, wherever I am, Father, you are God. There is none like you. Oh, I bless and praise your holy name. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the great I am, the everlasting Father. Oh, God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You are the God that shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it. Hey, God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. Oh, God, bless the Lord of my soul. Yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. When I begin to pray, I'm manifesting the glory because man aren't always to pray. That's how we produce the glory. He showed us from the beginning when he was just a spirit. And then he says, no, I got to let you see me. And when we saw him, he said, that is the glory. Jesus is the glory of God manifest. Because Jesus, when we read him being the word, we can't see the word. We can just read the word. But when the word became active, when the word became, oh, you know, start to do things and and start to operate, it begins to be manifest. That's when the glory. So you ever want to wonder why the devil is trying to get you to do wrong? Because he don't want you to experience God's glory. He don't want the glory of God to be in your life. And I must tell you, if when we manifest God's word, God get the glory. The devil is the father of lies. Guess what? And, 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 and when we start lying, we become under his control. And so whatever I do according to devil, the devil gets the glory. Oh, God. I, I, I think that we, we need to really think about that. Do I want to give Satan the glory or I want to give my God the glory? I'm here to give God the glory, not the devil. And whatever I do, according to the word of God, I give God the glory. We have this treasure in earth and vessel. We have this treasure in earth and vessel. The word treasure in the text means we have this wealth. We have these riches. So the, the, the treasure that you can have in your vessel is riches. Wealth. My God, we run, we run around. Most of what we're trying to do is to accumulate things. Most of what we're trying to do is to achieve things. Most of what we're trying to do is to say, I've got this and I've got that. Most of what we're trying to do is to have something. And God says, if you will have this treasure, you are rich beyond measure. You are wealthy beyond measure. We can't worry about the things of this world because heaven and earth shall pass away. But his 
his word shall not pass away. And when his word is manifested in his glory, in his riches, in his wealth. <laughs> My God. Now you know why he says heaven and earth shall pass away. There is nothing in this earth that we think is valuable that's really valuable. It ain't valuable. Because heaven and earth shall pass away. But his word shall not pass away. His word obeyed manifest his glory. His word will always remain. So when I obey his word, I will continuously live in his glory. Help us, Jesus. His riches. But it's not riches that we would want to have. We want silver and gold. We want jewels. We want money. We want nice big house. We want a nice car. We want all this stuff. And I'm not telling you that's not, it's not okay. I'm just saying that does not compare to the riches of God because his riches is his word. Hmm. I'll get, I'll show you that. So the treasure is wealth, but not material wealth. The earthen vessel is us. This is why I read Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. God formed us of the dust of the ground and breathed into our nostril the breath of life and we became a living soul. So there's no doubt that we were made from the ground. We are the earthen vessel. We are the earthen vessel. So this treasure we have in earthen vessel is more valuable than anything else. Now, the earthen part of the vessel we know is us. But I also went and looked at the meaning vessel. What did that mean, Sister Cheryl? Vessel. We are earthen clay, thus vessel. And in the text, the vessel meant this. We are equipment. We are an apparatus. We are an instrument. We are a utensil. So when the writer was writing about earthen vessel, it's saying we are a vessel, clay vessel, but we're really clay instruments, clay utensils. Somebody help me this morning. I'm trying to tell you something. We are made by God out of the earth. But we weren't just made to exist. We were made to be used. Because they call us a, a, a vessel that is of, of, of clay. But it is an instrument. An instrument that will be used by God. An equipment that will be used by God. It is. We are a utensil that God will use. And so if we can get that in our minds to realize, uh, okay, we're earthen vessels. Uh, and so if we're earthen vessels, uh, we're here. We were made by the dust. We were made by clay. Uh, but it doesn't stop there. Uh, we're a vessel, meaning we're an equipment, a utensil. We are something to be used, not something to be stored up. Oh my God, earthen vessel. It don't mean like the clay pot that the man put his stuff in. We are an equipment that God wants to use. We are a utensil that God wants to use. We are equipment that God wants to use. We are instruments that God wants to use. Yes. Yes, that's what God wants to do. So, so in case you're wondering, what's up with me? You are an earthen vessel. You are a vessel made out of clay for God to use. <laughs> apparatus. We're an apparatus, Brother D. Oh, what kind of apparatus are you? That's what we need to start asking each other. What kind of apparatus are you? Because <laughs> you're an apparatus. You're an instrument. What kind of instrument are you? Yes, that's what God is saying. 
Where do you think God's going to put the treasure in a useless apparatus? Huh? Why would he do that? Why would he put this valuable treasure in some useless apparatus? When apparatuses are broken, what do we do with them? Where's Sister Sylvia? Oh, she in there? She in, a, she, in a, she in the doctor nurse business. You got some more nurse fee. When, when the apparatus don't work, you don't use it no more. Right? Right, 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 Sister Sharon? Apparatus don't work. You don't use it anymore, right? Right. Uh-huh. They don't keep that stuff in the hospital. People are trying, they're trying to save people's life. And so they can't use an apparatus that don't work if, uh, you know, it doesn't work. We're trying to save lives. Not just physically, spiritually. So we have this treasure. We who are equipments, apparatuses, instruments, or utensils are the saints of God. We have this treasure. But the question is, what is this treasure? We said it's not gold or silver or jewels. What is this treasure? Brother D., if you go back and look at, this is where I, I, might, I might lose you, Patrice, because um, listen to this. I'll share something with you real quick. When I, I finally get done with the sermon, prep, the preparation of the message, Patrice does the, um, what y'all call it over there? Uh, no, what do we call it over here? A, a, AV, audiovisual, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I send her the scriptures, the title and everything so she can post scriptures for y'all. The problem is sometimes the Lord isn't always through with me when I send her the stuff. So I will send her the title of the message. I'll send her some scriptures, but then I wake up in the morning. Here I come. Got to make some changes because the Lord put some changes in me. So I got to go back. So she, she got to get this text because I didn't give her this text last night. So Ezekiel 11, 19. Ezekiel 11, 19. What is this treasure? Verse 19 says in Ezekiel, and I will give. Somebody say, I will give. Who is going to give? The Lord. And I will give. The Lord says, I will give them one heart. And I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh. And will give them a heart of flesh. Verse 20. That they may walk in my statutes and keep mine ordinances and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. Hmm. He's going to put a new spirit within us. Listen, when I read earlier, let me slow it down here and try to make sure you get this. When I read earlier, the glory of God. The treasure of God, if you missed it, go back and look at it. The treasure of God is the knowledge of God. Go back and look at it. The treasure, go back, let me take my time. Let me, all right, let me make sure. Because I I promised myself this year I'm going to slow down and take my time that I don't lose you. I want to make sure you get it. I really do. So, remember... In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. Let's go back to that. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, had shined in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Anytime you hear knowledge and light, they're referring to the same thing. Oh, man, I should have. I lost you. Knowledge is God's word. But knowledge also, when you read it, you have to read it carefully and make sure you always can see what it's talking about. Knowledge means light. Because knowledge means light because it means you know something. When you don't know something, you're in dark. 
You don't have knowledge. That's why it says my people perish for lack of knowledge. It means you're walking in darkness and that's why you perish. But when you have knowledge, there is light. And that's why the Bible says, and the knowledge of God shine. The light shine. Go back to John. God help me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm losing you. All right. Okay. So he started out by saying, the knowledge of God. When you get the knowledge of God, you have the word of God. Okay? All right. So we got that. There are many people that have memorized the word of God. However, that wasn't God's intent to leave it right there. Back in the Old Testament, what happened was the family of God and the, 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 the Hebrew children, they will gather every year to read the law. That's the knowledge, the word. They will gather to read it and retain it. They memorized it, but they didn't have it in them. Here, listen to me today. It's the difference in memorizing the word than having the word living in you. I just don't want to memorize the word. I just don't want to try to recall what the word says. But I want the word to live in me because I was created for the word to live in me. This is why I am a vessel of God with this heavenly vessel, this heavenly treasure in this earthly That's what God wanted from the very beginning. He had to do it in stages, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, all he wanted was to make sure he dwelt in our heart. That he was living in this earthly vessel. And so that's what he was always after. And so, back from the garden to Ezekiel, he said, I'm going to give you a new spirit. Because your spirit is dead. And I want to give you a new spirit. Friends, if God says he's going to give us a new spirit, guess what? He's going to give us a new spirit. You don't have to worry about, oh, I don't know about that because I'm not sure if I got a new spirit. He said, I'm going to give you. He didn't say, because you had to earn that. He said, I'm going to give you. He didn't say you got to jump through hoops. He said, no, I'm going to give you. The only thing that's required when somebody's giving you something is for you to stretch out and says, I'll receive it. That's the only thing that's required. And so this treasure that God wants to put into your earthen vessel, all he's asking you to do is stretch out and receive. What that means is just open up your heart and receive so God can put this earthen vessel, this, this treasure in your earthen vessel. You don't have to do nothing to earn it. So the treasure is not just his word. The treasure. What did he say? I'm going to give you a new spirit. As a matter of fact, Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27 says this. Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generation, but now is made manifest to the saints. Can somebody just stop and just smile on that? There was a time where the Holy Spirit was a... It was a mystery! That's what they said! Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations are now manifest to the saints. So verse 27, just clear it up and finish it up. To whom God would make known the saints. He would make known to the saints what? The riches of his glory. Now you know what he's talking about when he says the riches 
of his glory. You're always thinking about money. You're always thinking about material things. But the riches of his glory, what he's saying is, I'm going to give you abundance of knowledge. I'm going to give you abundance of information of who I am. That is the riches. Because if you know what to do, then you won't need anything. If you know and understand, this is why knowledge is light and knowledge is understanding. Because when you have knowledge, you know how to get what you need. Can I just slip this in real quick? Can we stop let asking God to do stuff that he's already setting forth for we to do? Most of the time we sit around uh, and we just want God to do magic. We want God to do this and we want God to do that. But I'm here to tell you, God has given you the power. God has given you the option. God has given you the whatever you need to do what needs to be done. We can't be infant babies. We gotta stop being infants. Oh God, can you do this? He says, treasure, knowledge, light, information, understanding is all in you if you got a spirit. It's all in you. What are we missing? It's just because we don't want to do nothing with it. Oh, God, help me, Jesus, this morning. His riches in glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Can somebody read and tell me what the mystery is? I don't have to read it. Look at it. What's the, read it for yourself. Somebody shout it out once you got it. The riches. Look what it says. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? We are. Which is, the mystery is, Christ in. So we started out by understanding the word is the knowledge of God. The Word is where He started, but that's not where He wanted to end. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But the Word became flesh, and what He's trying to get us to understand, I did it in a way that I had to lead up to Christ being in you. It was the Word from the beginning, and you heard the Word, you comprehended the Word, and then the Word began to be, the Word became flesh, but that's not where it wanted to stop, because I know that that just having head knowledge ain't good enough. I need the word to dwell in you. And the word is Christ. And Christ is God. There is no trinity. There is no three. There is one. And Christ is God. And so Christ in you means God is in you. Which means the knowledge, the word, the light. Everything is in you when you have Christ in you. I'm getting really close. Christ in you, the hope of glory. God Almighty, He didn't call you to the kingdom and left you helpless. He didn't call you to the kingdom and left you to struggle. So often we're crying, we're crying out to God praying and nothing is going on and we're wondering, what kind of Christianity is this? I got baptized in Jesus' name. Some of us said I got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And now I'm, I'm, I'm praying and I'm seeking God and why do I feel like there's nothing going on? What, he brought me this far just to leave me hanging, not do anything? And then the preacher keeps telling me in God's time. I beg different to tell you in God's time. Only if I know it's in God's time will I tell you it's God's time. What I'm going to tell you this morning is you haven't allowed the treasure, the knowledge, the light. Oh, my God, you haven't tapped into that. You haven't allowed that. God has given you that. What did he say? I will not leave you 
comfortless. He said the Holy Spirit will bring back my word to your memory. You see why you can't just memorize the word? Because under pressure sometimes you may forget. But if you've got Christ in you, I don't have to remember the word. The Holy Ghost is in me. And while the Holy Ghost is in me, I just call on him. And when I don't know what to say, the Bible said the Spirit will pray through me with moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered because Christ is in me. Oh, God. If we're going to start this year right and carry our way through right, we have to recognize there is no great secret. There is no formula. There is no such thing as just claim it and receive it. Believe it and receive it. Name it and claim it. There's no such thing. What we have to do is use what God has already given us. We've ignored the power shut up inside of us and God is trying to let us know you can be what I called you to be. The Bible says you're more than conqueror. You can be what God called you to be. It's in you. It's in you. It's shut up in you. It's shut up in you, the power of God. And in 2017, we're going to unleash the power of God that is in us. We're going to let the power of God be manifest in our life by obeying the word of God, by preaching the word of God. Don't be fooled by all these good conversations of how 2017 will be. There is nothing greater than God. There is nothing more powerful than God. God is all-knowing. God is loving. He's tender. He's our provider. He is our Father. Father protects. Father provides. Father loves you. He watches over you. So God is that. Anything else you try to lean to or cling to with expectation of this year going better, you're going to be very disappointed. You're going to be disappointed. You have to use what's in you. You have to use what he has given you that he knows will do the job, will do the trick every time. We're living in our carnal mind. And God says, that's what I'm trying to save you from, is your carnal mind. Why are we walking around with the power in our carnal mind? Why are we setting aside, laying aside the power and living how we want to and frustrating ourselves? This is why God is not moving in a lot of our lives because we have laid down the power and said, stay right there, power, because I know what I'm doing. And we leave the power to the side and now start to walk in our own strength, in our own intellect, in our own mind, and everything got to make sense the way we got it. Oh, but I'm telling you, my friends, it's not going to make sense the way you want it to make sense. God says your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. And so we're going to look this thing right. we got to throw out our intellectual way of thinking and say, Jesus, I need the Holy Ghost to quicken me. Jesus, I need the Holy Ghost to speak to me. Jesus, I need the Word to come alive in my life. Whatever your Word says, that's what I will do. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if I don't have the Holy Ghost, uh, there should not be a service that go by that I don't try to say, God, I'm receiving, I'm receiving, I'm opening up my heart. Uh, can I tell you this? I want you to know this. Can that which is finite contains that which is infinite? I'm, I'm, you heard the smart one? The, 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 the principle? No. Can that which is big contain that which is little? <laughs> that was the intellectual way of thinking. God is infinite. And we are finite. But if we, let me give you an example. If we get a clear, a, 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 a clay jar 
and go put it in the river. Take the top off of it. Make sure there's no top on it. Take the top off it and lay it in the river. Let it face the river this way. As the river flowing in, let that clay stay right there. Put it in a place where it can't be moved. Everything that's in that river will be contained in that clay jar. So what I'm trying to tell you is, you that is finite can contain God, which is infinite. (laughs) All you got to do is position yourself take the lid off can i tell you we have kept the lid on in our in our life that's what we're doing we do whatever we want we are this clay that he made us we are this jar that he made us into and there's a lid that we have put on can i tell you this if you get something just say just say i put the clay the clay jar in the river and everything flow in and i decide it's time to pick the clay jar up and i pick it up it's going to have stuff in it, right? And I put the lid on and take it out of the water. What, can it, what does it c- contain? Just whatever is in there at the time. It can't contain nothing else. The lid is on. Nothing else can come its way. So if there were more stuff that's supposed to flow down the river, it's going to miss it because the lid is now on. And so what we have done is we have opened up a little bit. Some of us that have the Holy Ghost, we open up and let it so, oh, that's good. I'm full. Uh, put the lid on. I'm good. And all you can do is whatsoever is in you. And so if you got a little bit, so guess what? This is why we can come to the altar and say, I am sick. Can you pray for me? I'll be healed. And you believe that. That's why you walked up and we pray and you get healed. But then uh, somebody have cancer and we say, let's pray because I know God going to heal. I don't know. Because you only had some of it. You didn't have all of it. You didn't allow God to pour everything in you. You didn't leave the top, the cap, the lid. You didn't take it off and say, God, I'm taking the limits off. I'm taking everything off because I'm just going to stay positioned. So everything you have, everything you want to flow into me, just flow, Jesus. I'm leaving it open and I'm leaving myself accessible to you because I want you to flow in me. I want everything. See, here's what we have done and here's what we need to do in 2017. We have just allowed some of God in our life. And when some of the difficult challenges come, you didn't have what it takes to handle them because you took some of God and not all of God. You want God to work in your life. You got to take all of God. You can't just take a little bit and just shut it out. So what I need for you to do, God is constantly flowing, flowing. The spirit is constantly flowing and moving. Take the lid off. Remove the lid that covers up portions of your life. Remove it and let God flow in every area of your life that he will be able to prepare you and equip you for every situation, for every challenge, for every circumstance. You will begin to see yourself handling and dealing with problems and circumstance this year more than any other time because you will have given God the access that he wants, that he needs in your life. You can't do it but he can do it and in order to get the victory, in order to raise above your situation and circumstances uh, you have to let the word manifest so the glory of God can be seen in your life take off the lid somebody take off the lid off of your life Uh, you have closed down some areas in your life and not allow God to deal with that part Uh, you don't want God to touch that part Uh, and so you kept the lid on it Uh, and God couldn't do anything with it and when things didn't work out for you got mad with God Uh, and all God is saying is yeah but you kept me out of it Uh, how can I work in a situation where I'm not welcome how can I work in a situation where I'm not present how can I work in a situation where I'm not given the green light God wants you to take the lid, the lid off of every area of your life so the spirit of God can flow through you. Listen, we have a bad habit. We want to get stuff and keep it. That's why we put the lid back on. Because when we get something, oh, we close it up. Yeah, let me hold on to that. And you haven't realized that by closing off what you just got by closing it in, you can't have nothing else. 
And God is saying, I'm limitless. Listen, I will constantly pour. It says it will be like a well springing up. Rivers of living water. It will never go dry. God's well will never go dry. So why do I have to worry about Let me hold on to this right now. I want to let it go. Let's hold on to it for a rainy day. God is not interested in you holding on to what he's flowing through you for a rainy day. He says you are a utensil. You are an instrument. And you are being used so you can't hold on to stuff. If you make yourself useless, then I'm going to leave you alone because I created you to be used. And so when you're trying to hold on to stuff, it means that you're stopping him from using you because he can't use you if you're not equipped to be used. And he's the one that equips us to be used. We got to take that lid off this year. We got to let the Holy Ghost work in our life. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need to receive the Holy Ghost. Not get him. Receive him. Remember we used to talk about, I, I, I caught the Holy Ghost. Did you catch the Holy Ghost? You can't catch the Holy Ghost. You receive the Holy Ghost. And how you receive the Holy Ghost is just by letting your heart be open. The lid taken off your heart. And let God do what he wants to do. Will you stand with me? Heavenly treasure. An earthen vessel. Can you believe this vessel that is frail? This vessel that gets sick. This this vessel that is fragmented. This vessel that can be easily broken. He didn't make us out of iron. He made us out of clay. This vessel that suffer hurt, that suffer pain. This is how important you are. He chose the weakest vessel in the earth to contain his treasure. That should make you just just be in amazement like God. Listen. Clay. Not clay. Jewels. Gold and silver and precious things. They're kept in vaults. The biggest diamond in the world, I think they say, is down somewhere in Washington, D.C. And it's like 15 levels underground and caged and all kind of stuff. The biggest diamond. And they got guards around and everything around it. Because it's supposed to be the most precious thing. The most valuable thing. And that's how they treat valuables. It's under lock and key. And we... God says I'm putting the most valuable thing that is in heaven that is in earth and that is under the earth the most valuable thing you bring your big diamond and I'll bring you the knowledge of Christ you bring your gold and I'll bring you the knowledge of Christ you bring your silver and I'll bring you the knowledge of Christ the most precious thing in the world is the knowledge, the power, the spirit of God that will dwell in earthen vessels and God have chosen us frail people, us sickly people, us people that make mistakes. God has chosen us to carry around this precious treasure. There is no treasure in heaven, in earth, under the earth that is worth more than this treasure that we carry around. And God has entrusted us with this treasure. It is so precious. It is so precious. But God wants us to carry it around looking to use it. He don't want us to just walk around with this treasure, just holding on to it. He wants us to use this treasure. He wants the whole world to know that they can have this treasure too. You know how we are? We get a little stash and we said, I can't let nobody know about this. Our father is so much different. He says, you're all going to be rich. What difference does it make? 
You're all going to be filthy rich. You're all going to be filthy wealthy. Why you want to keep it from somebody else? I said, no. I created you as a utensil. I created you as an apparatus. I created you as an instrument, which means take this treasure of wealth and go use it. Go use it. Our success will come from using this treasure. Our, our way of overcoming will be predicated on using this treasure. How are we going to use this treasure? Somebody, how will you use this treasure? Can I tell you how to use the treasure? It's only one way to use the treasure. I never forgot when the Apostle Paul was walking and this lady that brought her master money through Susan. Paul, we know you're the man of God. And she kept on saying, and kept on saying, and Paul got tired of her. And he turned around and just said, you will not see anymore. And he smote her with blindness. And she couldn't see. And so many times we read through scriptures where the apostles did things. And somehow we must think that they had something special that we didn't have. But here is the key to using the treasure. Go back to the book of Acts. Read every time they was preaching. You know what they start off? Jesus, whom thou crucified, is the Son of God. And they start speaking the Word of God. That's all they did in Acts. You go look and see if anybody said anything in their own words and anything happened. Just go back and look and see how they conducted themselves. Every sermon they preached, it was all biblically inclined. And so all they did was use the vessel <laughs> and depended on the treasure that was in that vessel. That's all they did. They're no special, no different from me or you. All they learned was the treasure that's in us. That's the only way for us to be powerful. That's the only way for us to be effective. And they just kept using that treasure. And how they use the treasure? They spoke the word of God. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. They spoke the word of God. TD, I will live and not die. You're speaking the word of God. And that's what you speak over your relatives. And that's what you speak over your children. Then you can say, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for the treasure is in I will lift up mine eyes to the hill from which cometh my help. Lord, my help don't come from the top of the hill. My help coming from above. From the Lord who is my keeper and the Lord who is my strength. I live and I move and I have my being in the Lord thy God. We have to use the treasure that is in us. Speak that word and the treasure is being let loose. The treasure is operating. That's the success that we will experience. God help me today. That's the success that we're going to experience if we do that. Don't you get trapped into just believing some crazy stuff. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. That is the treasure that is in you. And when you speak that word, then you begin to walk according to what you just said. Then you will begin to do that. When you wake up in the morning and you say, God, you gave me the Holy Ghost to be a witness. You said, and we shall be witnesses unto you. And so, God, I wake up today because I'm your witness. Wherever I go, I'm your witness. The treasure is being used. The treasure is being used. The treasure, the treasure is being used. God says, I have put the treasure in earthen vessel. If you don't have the treasure in you, just lift your hands and worship the Lord. You can receive the treasure. If you have the treasure in you, then begin to use the treasure because you are an apparatus. 
Come on, let's lift our hands and worship the Lord in this place today. Come on, let's let out our voice. Let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ today. You are an earthen vessel with a heavenly treasure. His name is Jesus the Christ. Will you let him out? Will you let him out? Will you let him out? Will you let the treasure do whatsoever he is supposed to do? Oh, God, help us today. Oh, somebody worship the Lord. Somebody worship the Lord. Somebody talk to Jesus. Somebody lift your hand and let him in. Somebody take that lid off your heart. Take that lid off of you and give him free access. Give him access. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. You said you will supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory. And oh God, I speak the word. You said we shall be witnesses, Lord God. Oh God, you said, Lord Jesus, you have let the light shine in this dark world. And oh God, we have the light inside of us. Who is the great I am? Who is Christ the Lord? Now God, will you shine out of us? Will you shine through us that we can shine as light in this dark world? Will you allow us to shine as light? In this dark world, will you use us, God, as the apparatus, the instrument that you call us to be? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I surrender to you. And God, I say, use us as you please. For we are your apparatus, we are your instruments, we are your equipment. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, touch him. That this day, God, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon him in a special way and the power of God will emanate from him Lord God that he will walk by faith and not by sight in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus oh God that he will call those things that are not as though they were that he will call those things that are not as though they were I pray Lord God that the Holy Ghost will be stirred the Holy Ghost will be stirred in his heart. Oh God, today I pray the will of God to be done. The will of God, the will of God. Ah, the light, the light, let the light shine. 